Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. anything he wants to do. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I want to speak to you today on partnership. Did you know partnership is taught in the Bible? Did you know replacing yourself is taught in the Bible? My pastor used to say, you can't leave until you get a replacement. So I had to get a replacement before I could leave. And uh, when I was general director, I had to get a replacement, and I got one and that he approved of. That was a good thing. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, the, God, uh, your pastor replaced himself with a great man. Because he's great because he makes Jesus great. He's great because he makes the Word of God great. He's great because he loves you. None of us are really great. We're all sinners saved by grace. But it's great that He loves us. Now in Luke chapter 5, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Him to hear the Word of God, He stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now you notice Peter was obedient in the little. Right. He thrust out a little. You're never going to be obedient in the larger areas of life until you get involved in the little. Right. And now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And so he launched out in the deep. And uh, Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Can't you hear the doubt in his voice? Nevertheless, I'll do it. Come on, Andrew. Let's let this down. I throw it down. He's expecting nothing. And when they had this done, they enclose a great multitude of fishes and their net break. <laughs> Woo! There they are. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> Net's breaking. We got to have help. We got to have help. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And this is the answer you like. And they came and filled both the ships that they began to sink. Man, what a day. Wouldn't you like to have been there? If you're a fisherman like I am, I get to go once every two or three years. And uh, I'd like to go more often, though. <laughs> but anyway, man, I'd like to have been there. I'd like to have seen that. I'd like to have fish flopping all over me. <laughs> Boy, that'd be a feed, wouldn't it? I'm telling you. And so they begin to sink. Now look at this. When Simon Peter saw it, all, told all night, nothing. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, 
at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Amen. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, partnership has its roots in the Trinity. God said, Let us make man in our image. Creation. There was a partnership in creation. In Moses' day, they were fighting the Amalekites. And Moses had his arms lifted up, and while his arms were lifted high, they were winning. But he tired, and the arms began to come down. They began to lose. And then Aaron got on one side. They set him on a stone, got Aaron on one side, her on the other. They helped raise his arms. Partnership. And a great victory was accomplished. In David's day, he had his mighty men, and he won great victories because of partnership. In our Lord Jesus' miracles, you think of the first miracle, turning the water into the unfermented wine, the grape juice. Did you know the Greek word oinos means seven different things? And it can mean jelly, it can mean grape juice, it can mean jam, it can mean preserves. Uh, it, and uh, in the Old Testament time, the, the Hebrew word was gayin. It means eight different things. And so, but it was only translated wine and, uh, by the translators. But in that, that, our Lord Jesus called on men. Did you ever notice Jesus always lets men do, people do what they can do, and then He does what we can't do? Because we need Him. But He wants to use us. Isn't that a marvelous thing that God wants to use people like us? Why would we not volunteer <laughs> if He wants to use us? What a thrill. What a, what, I, I can't get over God calling me to preach. I can't get over getting to preach to wonderful people like you. I mean, and preachers like your pastor lets me come in and preach. Wow, what a joy, what a thrill. And, and so uh, Jesus uses men, and He says, fill the water pots. And they're big water pots, and they fill those things up, and they're carrying those things. And He says, take them to the governor of the feast. And they're thinking, whoa, wait a minute. This, this is not the way you make grape juice. It's not the way you make wine. It's the purple foot method. We do this thing in the bucket, you know, in the, in the vat. We, we jump up and down and we get the grapes going. This is not the way it's done. And it hasn't had time to really do what it needs to do. But regardless of what they thought, they obeyed. D did you ever know this? God's miracles are worked in the midst of obedience. Right. If you'll be obedient, God can work a miracle. And so a miracle took place. The water was turned to the unfermented wine. You think about the uh, uh, Lazarus, raising from Lazarus from the dead. Jesus used men. He said, take away the stone. And then he do, did what the men couldn't do. He raised Lazarus from the dead. You think about the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus didn't feed anybody. He, he prayed and he blessed the bread and he bake it, break it and put it in the baskets. 
And then he gave, he said, give ye them to eat. And the disciples partnered with Jesus, and a miracle took place. And they had leftovers. Can you imagine? Feeding 5,000 men besides women and children? Could have been 15, 20,000 there. And they were fed. Uh, uh, think about it. In the incarnation, there was a partnership. The Holy Spirit and Mary came forth, our Lord Jesus. He was already God, but He tabernacled Himself in flesh in the womb of a virgin, where He could become the sacrifice for our sins, and suffer and die. Lived a perfect life, and then suffered and died for you and I. Oh, what a Savior. In inspiration, 42 men on over 1,600 years on three different continents gave us our Bible. Somebody said, uh, God's greatest work was creation. Well, that only took six days. Someone said God's greatest work was the incarnation when He gave us God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus. But that only took nine months. The Bible took 1,600 years, three different continents, 42 different men without contradictions, and gave us the Word of God. And that work, the Bible, tells us all about our Lord that we need to know. Now, there's a lot of other things that could have been written, and they tell us in John that the books couldn't contain them if they were written because of all that He did. But this was written that you might believe and that you might be saved. And so, uh, in inspiration, there was uh, uh, partnership. In intercession, there's partnership. Boy, we need to pray for each other. Y'all had prayer this morning. Pastor mentioned people to prayer. Your bulletins have people to pray for. And we need to pray one for another. Because we need each other. We need each other. You might think, well, I don't need you. Well, you might. You might need my prayers. I sure need your prayers. And, uh, and then you think in missions, there's partnership. Your church is supporting us. We couldn't do what we do without people like you. And so you benefit from whatever fruit we get. You get part in that. Whatever your missionaries do. Brother Steve's coming tonight, and he's working in the prisons. People are being saved. You have a part in that because you're supporting him. And so there's a partnership. And boy, we missionaries need your prayers. The devil doesn't like us. He'd like to stop us from getting out the Word. He'd like people to turn a deaf ear from getting out the Bible. Say, no, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to give anything to get out that book. If I want a Bible, I'll buy one. Paul told on the body principle, aren't you glad that your hand doesn't do things on its own? Aren't you glad it doesn't right in front of people stick it right up there? Aren't you glad of that? I mean, aren't you glad your hand doesn't all at once slap you right in the face? Aren't you glad your foot just, you'll be talking to somebody and all at once it's out here jumping up and down, you know? And then you're talking a little bit and the other one's jumping up and down. I mean, aren't you glad that the body has a partnership? I'm glad when I do this, it's not going, you know, it's, and, and Paul, also you, you think about industry. There's the division of management, the division of labor. There's a partnership. And so let me tell you this. Partnership is based on humility and grace. In humility, we in the Bering Press Seed work say, 
we can't do this by ourselves. It's too big for us. It's just too big. It involves a world. We've got requests for 300 million Bibles from missionaries and national pastors. 300 million. That would take over 300 million dollars. And we need a partnership. We need help. And in humility, we say we can't do it alone. And we pray for grace where people say, I'll help. I'll help you. Let me show you some things about partnership in, in this passage. Number one, those asking for partnership were already involved in the project through the leadership of Jesus. Jesus led this. And were enjoying a measure of success. Look at verses 5 and 6. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. Why would joining Peter be hard? I mean, he was already visibly successful. He was working out of obedience. He got progressively involved. He launched out from the land a little. He's obedient there. When God said, launch out into the deep, he became obedient there. So he got progressively involved, and then he got deeply involved. And Peter possessed a degree of skill. I mean, he was a fisherman, but he had never seen anything like this. And Jesus was blessing the project. You can't get away from that. Man, nets breaking, ships sinking. Whew. And uh, those Peter beckoned to for help could be assured of a return on their investment. Now, he was asking them to help him do more of what he had uh, proved that God had led him to do and, and uh, that God uh, blessed. Now, success is multiplied with help. Now, let me also say this, number two, the biggest uh, the request for partnership was to men of like-mindedness. Now, when we come with Bearing Precious Seed asking for partnership, asking you to help us and get involved, each and every one, it's to people of like-mindedness. Say, born-again, fundamental, independent Baptist people. In this case, it's one fisherman beckoning to another fisherman for help. They had the same background. They had the same experiences. They were at the same time in history. They had the same equipment, and they were in the same sea. They had the same goals. Now, we're fishermen beckoning to other fishermen for help. The Lord said, I'll make you fishers of men. And we're fishers of men, and we're beckoning to other people for help. And we're from the same background. We've been saved by the same grace. Amen. We've repented of our sins and placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if death, burial, and resurrection. Same background. We have the same experiences. I mean, we sit in church, we hear Sunday school, we're preaching, we hear the Word of God preached, we get to go soul winning, we get out, we, we're, we're having the same experiences if you get involved. And we're at the same time in history. Sure. Uh, we have the same equipment. We have the Spirit of God, right. we have the Word of God, yeah, and we have the Church of God. Amen. And, uh, and we have the same goals. It's to reach a world for Christ. Right. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
And, uh, and we're in the same sea of humanity. So we are fundamental Baptists beckoning to fundamental independent Baptists for partnership. And our prayers in verse 7, and they came. In other words, they helped. We have no doctrinal differences to divide us, and we have a common cause that can unite us, a, res a mutual responsibility to get the Word of God to the world. By the way, you're in partnership with someone. Could be the American Bible Society, or Zondervan, or Nelson, or Word Bible Publishers, or somebody. You're in partnership. And let me say number three, the partnership is needed now. Did you notice here there's an urgency in Peter's plea? The fish were running now. Now is when Peter needed partnership. Now is when Jesus is working. Now is when Jesus is present. And there's an urgency. The nets were breaking. Timing is so important. Israel missed Canaan by one day and took 40 years wandering around the desert. Five virgins missed the bridegroom and the door was shut. In Eastern Europe, when the Iron Curtain fell, the Jehovah Witness sent 10,000 in and tons of literature. They have one of the largest presses in the world. Sent in 10,000 into Russia and Georgia. There is a Georgia over there too. And, and to Romania, into Slovakia, and the Czech Republic, and to Poland, into all those countries. And uh, the Mormons sent in 20,000 missionaries in a lot of literature. We fundamental Baptists have now almost 300 over there. I was in 166 churches in a year and a half when it came open back in the 1990s. And uh, I asked in all those churches, how many in your churches surrendered to go to that open door that had been closed? How many? Out of 166 churches, five churches had people surrender to go there. Ours was one. We had five people surrender to go. Other churches, one church had two. The other three had one surrender to go. But in 161 churches, nobody had surrendered to go. And I said, well, if you haven't surrendered to go there, has anyone in your church in the last 10 years surrendered to go to a foreign country? They had people surrender to go to America, but no one had surrendered to go to a country that didn't speak English. No one. And my heart was broken. I thought, what is wrong with fundamental independent Baptists? We're not raising up people out of our own churches to go to the foreign field. No wonder we're in such bad shape. Because if you've got a heart for missions, we've had mission conferences. You know, in our mission conference, we fasted and prayed around the clock. There'd be someone on their knees 24 hours a day praying the week before our conference that people would surrender. And then we had uh, our pastor, Dr. King, used to fast 40 days for our mission conference because he wanted people to be called. Didn't eat a thing for 40 days. Now he drank, but he didn't drink any liquid that would uh, cause him to lose his fast, like milk. 
And uh, I remember one time uh, I, I had fasted for 21 days, and that was my longest fast ever at that time. And Dr. King came to me, and he was weak, and he said, Brother Bob, I can't finish my 40-day fast. I've done 30 days, but could you do the other 10? I said, can you do that? <laughs> can you ask somebody to do your fast for you? He said, I don't know. I haven't seen in the Bible where you can't. And I didn't have anything to refute that. And I said, well, maybe I could add five days, but I, I don't. Uh, and I got another fellow, little skinny fellow <laughs> named Sam Caudle. I got Sam to do five more days. And uh, so we did the other ten together. And so I ended up doing 26 days of fasting. But we had 15 surrender for the mission field that are on the mission field today in that conference. And our church gave more funds than they'd ever given to get out the Word of God and to get people around the world to take on missionaries. You see, Nike pays Jordan $13 million to advertise their shoes. Haynes Underwear paid him $10 million to advertise their underbreeches. I think we ought to be concerned about giving something to get out the Bible. If these big companies can do that kind of thing, now, so partnership is needed now. Now is when people are begging for the Bible. Now is when missionaries are pleading. Over 300 million, we, we get new requests every day. And as we answer them, they just keep coming. Partnership was needed, though Jesus was already present. Do you ever think of this? Startling fact is Jesus was not enough. Boy, doesn't that sound like blasphemy? Jesus is enough in salvation. He's enough in, in, in separation. He's enough in sanctification. He'll be enough in glorification. He's enough in every area, but God uses people in functional areas. He uses people. And Jesus blessed the project, but He had them pull in the fish. Right. He had them do the job. Uh, partnership was needed, though Jesus already present. He didn't make the fish magically appear on dry land. They needed a partnership. Jesus was already in the project and ordered it, but partnership was needed. And then let me say number five, partnership is based on the value of the project, not the greatness of the man leading it. If your pastor leads your church to become a National Bible Publishing Month church, it's not based on the greatness of the man. It's not based on the greatness of this guy standing in the pulpit because there's nothing great about him. I'm just a vessel. John said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. I'm not him. I'm not anything great. But Jesus said there wasn't one born of women better than John. Who knows why Jesus told Peter to head up the project? There's no evidence he had a bigger or a better boat or that he was a better fisherman. I mean, he told all night and didn't get a thing. The answer is God in his sovereignty chose Peter. And could I show you something else? Partnership caused a great return. In verse 7, And they beckoned unto the partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So there was a great return in fruit, in fish, 
And then there was a fresh revelation given to Peter. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And then there was a forsaking and a following. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. They forgot about the fish, and they followed him, because he was more important than catching fish. And what he wanted done was more important. Becoming a fisher of men was more important to become a fisher of fish. I don't know if you ever saw it, but years ago in the Special Olympics, that's these folks that their bodies are not like everybody else's. They call it a Special Olympics. They have handicaps. And there was this race with nine Down Syndrome young people. My best prayer warrior is Down Syndrome, Paul Thomas. He's about this high. He t helps take up the offering. He works in Sunday school. He works in the master clubs. He helps coach our, our boys' basketball team in our Christian school. He's something else. And he'll come to me. A lot of times he'll kiss me on the cheek or the forehead. He'll hug me and say, Bro Ford, I love you. I pray for you. I pray for you. And I said, I know you do, Paul. His daddy told me. Now his dad used to be the youth director at Highland Park under Dr. Lee Robertson. And now they've been in our church for 20-something years. And uh, Ab Thomas told me, he said, you know, Paul prays for you more than he prays for his mom and I. He said he prays for you at morning devotions. He prays for you at breakfast. He prays for you at lunch. He prays for you at supper. He prays for you in the evening devotions and prayer time. He prays, he has them pray for you in Sunday school. He has them pray for you in junior church. He works in junior church. He has them pray for you in master clubs on Thursday nights. We have Thursday night prayer meeting where our missionaries can take part because they're out preaching a lot of times. And so uh, these nine Down syndrome kids were all lined up in a race and they had to run around the track. And about halfway around after the gun sounded and they took off running. And if, if you've ever seen them run, it's exciting to watch them. They're precious. And as they ran around that track, one of them fell. One of the young men fell. These are teenagers. And uh, one fell. Well, if that happened in real Olympics, you know what they do? They say, I hope more of them fall. <laughs> and they'd have took off and said, boy, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad that one's gone. But when he fell, he started crying. And the other eight stopped, dead in their tracks. They went back, and they helped him up. And then all nine of them held hands and ran to the finish line and crossed the line together. All nine of them came in first place. Amen. Amen. That's what we're trying to get people to do. That's what your pastor's trying to get you to do. Hold hands and build this church together. Amen. Reach this community together. Amen. Love people together. Amen. Get godly together. Amen. Be different. Be somebody for Jesus. Amen. Get involved. Don't just sit like a knot on a log. Right. Do something. Right. World's going to hell. Amen. People are dying. 
And we need people to hold hands and say, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get out the Word. I'm going to help with that because we can't do it without you. But your pastor can't do it without you either. He needs you. I wonder how many would come this morning and kneel at this altar and say, we'll hold hands together and we'll reach Lexington and the surrounding area for Jesus. We'll bring people into this church. We'll care for others. We'll pray for our pastor. We'll pray for our people. We'll get a partnership going in prayer and in action. We'll take action. How many would come? Now, Father, bless as the pastor comes and closes the invitation as he sees fit. Lord, he knows his people better than I. And I pray in Jesus' name, you'd have your will and way in this congregation. We need you. And when we need you, we'll realize if we'll love up, you always help us love out to others. So, Lord, may we fall so in love with you, we can't help be obedient to you. And, Lord, help us to love your word, read your word, study your word, obey your word. And help us, Lord, to be filled with the Spirit because nothing's going to be accomplished much if we don't get a hold of you and let you get a hold of us. So, Lord, have your will and way now. Move on hearts. For Jesus' sake, I pray. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. When the road is